Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. This is the second half of this two-part study. I simply entitled this, Is There Anything Too Difficult for the Lord? Here's the second half of this two-part study. All right, so we last left off. We looked at uh, Abram was actually serving. Uh, We talked about hospitality, uh, being hospitable, that we are to be practicing that, that we are not to do it with a complaining heart. But we also spoke about how Abram was actually serving them and how important that is to remember, uh, you know, that, Uh, that he had brought the food out and prepared it and set it before them and now he's standing by them under the tree as they as they ate and we talked about not giving God your leftovers like he the 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 things that were served that Abraham and, and Sarah served them was of the best that they would have had it would have been served to uh royalty and and they're serving this to the pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ with two angels we assume now we assume the two angels is because if we look at the context of scripture we know that the angels appear in Sodom and Gomorrah in verse uh, chapter 19 and they were with him as they go out as we get to the end of verse uh, chapter 18 as we look at the negotiation that begins to happen over uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and we'll look at that next week but let's look at verse 9 this is where we left off it says then they said to him where is your wife sarah and he said there in the tent i love that right she's over there in the tent and then now this is the lord speaking he said i will certainly return to you at the time uh, this time next year and behold your wife sarah will have a son and sarah was listening at the tent which was behind him so again we talked about the the hospitality that would have been given they were nomadic people that lived uh, in the land at the time Uh, they still do i mean i i can still remember in iraq and trying to figure out where you would wake up and people would be in tents near you and flocks and stuff And you're like where did they come from they're coming out of the middle of nowhere but people still live that way and so hospitality was a huge thing and so now this is the first time that sarah's hearing this directly for herself she would have heard this from abram and abraham right 
She would have tried to have fixed this herself. Remember, she tries to fix this herself with Hagar. But now she's hearing it for herself. The promise of Isaac. And it's, it's a beautiful piece of scripture. Uh, but it goes on to say, and I love this because remember Moses wrote uh, Genesis and he, you know, interpreted from uh, the Lord. And, and so what we have is now Abram uh, and Sarah were old. So remember, Abraham at this point is 99 years old and Sarah is 89 years old. Okay, just keep that in your mind. And it says, an advanced in age. So he's like, hey, they're old. But Sarah was past childbearing. And so that's an important detail that's listed there. Um, Moses gives us that. And I love that because he's like, hey, she is postmenopausal. She is postmenopausal. Uh, her womb is done. And the only way this is going to happen is by God. It's the only way it can happen. And I think that was an important detail that Moses gives us for us to remember this is God's work that is being done through Sarah and Abraham. Like Abraham and, and Sarah are, man, the Lord's going to do this, not them. And so that detail is there to remind us how old they were. And, and so to be ceased, it had, to, had, had ceased to be Sarah. Uh, and and so the way of the the woman again is postmenopausal, something that women go through, and uh, as they get older, um, the womb just closes. It's done. You know, it's not going to be any more babies. But I love the Apostle Paul talks about this. The Apostle Paul in in Romans chapter four verses eighteen and nineteen, and hope against he believed hope against hope he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to which had been spoken hope against hope we have a living hope with jesus christ for us i love that but hope he never lost hope right and i'm sure there were moments when he doubted we and they try to fix it themselves but you know i love that so that he might become a father of many nations according to them which had been spoken so shall your descendants be Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So Paul is letting us know, like, her womb is done. It was done. The Lord will open it. In verse 12, so Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I become old, I am to have pleasure, my Lord being old also so very important thing is she laughs at herself right so it, it's happening inwardly she's laughing inwardly not an audible laugh but god heard her this is how we know this is the pre-incarnate jesus christ hears her knows what's knows what's going on in her mind knows what's going on in her heart he knows everything that we're thinking, everything that we say. We forget that. You need to remember that. You know, when we, we think about the book of Genesis, we think about just the knowledge of God in Genesis. 
you know not just this example with Sarah but think about you know the in Genesis 6:13 when the world was corrupt he knew about the corruption and the crime that was happening how evil people were uh, during the time of Noah he knew about the laugh he knew he knew Abram's character he knew Abram's character, but he also knew the corruption, and we'll learn this next week or the week after as we get into Sodom and Gomorrah. He knew the corruption of the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. He also knew that, that there was harsh treatment and coarse treatment towards Leah. He knew that Leah was hated. He knew that Laban had treated Jacob unfairly. He knew about Laban's crookedness. But he also has a great knowledge of you and me. He knows that we're all sinners in John chapter 2, verse 24. He knows everything in John 16, 30. He knows the hearts of all men in Acts chapter 1, verse 24. He knows the steps of men in Job chapter 31 verse 4 he knows sin and the iniquity of our sin in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 22 he knows all your little schemes in your head that you think you're getting away with in Ezekiel 11 verse 5 he knows all the little secret places of your heart that you think you're hiding stuff in Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 24 but he God the Father is the only one who knows the date of the return of His Son, Jesus Christ. So He knows Sarah's laughed inwardly. He, he, and, and we can't... Look, this is humanity. Okay? This is humanity. Her, she knows her womb is closed. She knows that it's not going to happen, right? And I'm 89 years old. He's 99. How is this even going to happen? And so she laughs. And Abraham laughed too. Remember? Last chapter, Abraham laughed. And so that's why Isaac will be called laughter. That's where Isaac means. Verse 13 says, But the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I actually give birth to a child when I'm so old uh, you can imagine when the Lord told Abram why did Sarah laugh he's like I didn't hear anything right Lord I didn't hear anything right but um, you know it's it's you know it's amazing he said so shall I actually give birth to a child when I am so old why did Sarah say that and the Lord addresses Abram there's something very important to catch here and I want to make sure you get this did the Lord address Sarah no. He addressed the man. Why? The man is held in a place of leadership. The man is held in a place of leadership for the head of the family. Now, is Sarah, is Abram, Abraham better than Sarah? No. But this is the roles that God has placed us in. Men are to lead. Sarah laughs, right? So who does he question? Abraham, not Sarah. And it's very important to remember that he questioned 
question Abraham, the leader of the home. That's who God holds responsible, right? He's informing Sarah of the promise back in Genesis 15:4, but it appears that it, he didn't maybe he didn't inform her, right? He holds, men, you are to love your wife as Christ loves the church, and you are the head of your family. You are to lead your family. And in this instance, when Sarah laughs, the Lord doesn't ask Sarah. He asks Abraham. When, when Eve sinned, the Lord didn't say that it was Eve, Adam, and Eve sinned. He held Adam responsible. Just remember that. There's, there's, this is the role that God has placed us in. And this is why the culture hates it. It goes against the culture in every way. Um, the patriarch in the family has been attacked uh, more in the last probably 10 years uh, than I've ever seen. And I mean, you, you had a whole movement of um, uh, Black Lives Matter that that was their whole basis of destroying the patriarchy that was part of their you know how you have a church has an about page and it has the statement of faith and all that well black lives matter statement of faith was they want to destroy the patriarchy but nobody read it i remember reading it and going well we can't we you can't be a part of this this goes against god's word it goes against god's word god created it not us it's we forget that and we need to remember that so he looks to who? Abraham. Remember that. And then God will look to you when something's going wrong in your house or something's going wrong in your marriage. He's coming to you. He's not going to them. You lead your home. And, and I've said this many of times. If you will not lead your home, the devil will. Because he wants to still kill and destroy your marriage, your wife, and your kids. He's coming after all of them. And if you don't think that, you can just look at the Super Bowl. And what do I mean by that? You have, you have Taylor Swift there, right? And all the Swifties and all that mess. And she's casting spells. She's casting spells. You have multiple artists now that are actually, within their concerts, actually casting spells within the concerts. Evil is being displayed throughout the world. And then you, as the leader, the husband, the father, you, you need to control what your children listen to. There was even, I was even listening to um, one of the Satanists that had come to faith, and they said that they actually, in the music industry, they actually put things in the songs. There are things that are in there. They actually, one of the songs, I think, from the cold, or I forget the name of the song, but they actually had the screams from Jim Jones when the people were dying. And then Jim Jones ends the song. It's satanic. And so you have somebody that's next to Taylor Swift with an upside-down cross, and she's throwing up the devil signs on national TV and y'all keep offering up your children to them you need to be mindful what your kids are listening to you need to be mindful because God will hold you responsible just like this moment did God hold uh, Sarah responsible for her, her unbelief 
or her 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 disbelief, her disobedience because she doesn't believe. No, he goes to Abram. But the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? He didn't even hear it, but he's still responsible for it. Saying, shall I actually give birth to a child when I'm, when I'm so old? And then he goes on in, in verse 14, is anything too difficult for the Lord? What a great question. What a great question. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Now, you can imagine at this time, uh, this is a question that most people, when they're on the mountaintop, can answer very quickly. Oh, nothing's too difficult for the Lord. But when you're in the valley, that's a very hard question to answer. I remember going and seeing a friend of ours who passed away this past year. Um, he died of cancer, and he was struggling at the end with his faith. The enemy was coming after him hard. And he kept questioning, like, am I, am I going to hell because I wasn't baptized? And I was like, dude, baptism doesn't save you, man. I was like, Jesus didn't come down from the cross and baptize the thief on the cross, did he? He said, no, today you'll be with me in paradise. And within that moment, we led him in a prayer and just, you know, like helped him and, and prayed with him and shared some scripture with him. And, and he was at peace. And, you know, you know, he passed away a few days, maybe 24, 48 hours later. But he was struggling. And if you were to ask him, is anything too difficult for the Lord? He was in pain from cancer. He was struggling. There was a lot of things that were difficult for him at that moment. And if you have somebody that you know that's in an illness or that's in a very tough time, when you ask that question to them, is there anything too difficult for the Lord, they're going to struggle with their answer because they're, if they're struggling in their faith, they may struggle with the answer. But that's your job to minister to them. And so this is why one of the things I, I, I told the church tonight that's very important is like remember the fact that God has shown you his promises. God has shown you his prophecy. God has shown you the birth of his son. There's been eyewitnesses that he was resurrected. He died on the cross. I mean, there's been so much proof. But you also have his attributes that he's all-knowing. He stands outside of time. He's all-powerful that he's grace, he's love, he's mercy. Like all of those things strengthen your relationship with God as you spend time in God's word, reminding yourself about the prophecies, reminding yourselves about the promises. It helps you in your time when you're going, man, is this too difficult for the Lord? No, it's not too difficult for the Lord. God can do this. God can bring healing. And trust me, sometimes that healing doesn't happen until they go to be with the Lord and then they're healed. But Sometimes there are miraculous healings. There are things like this where the Lord opens the womb. You know, we've, had, we've, we've seen God answer a prayer like that where the womb was open. So no, nothing's too difficult for the Lord. But he says that that appointed time I will return to you and that this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And she had said, no, but, did, uh, but you did laugh. So like the Lord's like, no, you laughed. You laughed. But one of the things that we see and one of the things that we need to remember is that 
I, I think it was something that was important that was said there when she says, you know, shall I actually give birth to a child while I'm so old? Um, but she says something. I want to just make sure we go over that real quick before we finish this up. After I have become old, am I to have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Now, one of the things that hit me today, and and I I thought about this is is you know being post uh, postmenopausal, it, you know, it would have been hard, and and also maybe because of you know men's uh, testosterone starts drying up towards the end of their life as well, and uh, but you have to wonder how hard was it for them to have intimacy after Hagar. How hard was it for them to have intimacy after Hagar? And how much time did they lose in that? Because when you think about intimacy between a couple, it's considered worship unto the Lord what is done on the marriage bed. It's considered sacred. And so what is the marriage bed? It's very important we define that real quick. Male and female. Married. Okay? Not living together. Married. And so it's considered, having relations is considered worship. And so they have not had relations in a long time. But you wonder how long did they go after the Hagar incident? Right? And, and so these things that we do create problems. Um, and, and so we just need to remember that. But she, she was struggling in that because she was old. Uh, a couple things. Is anything... Uh, too difficult for the Lord. Remember the promises of God. Okay, remember the promises of God. Remember in Genesis uh, 12 verses 2 and 3, there was the promise of the Abrahamic covenant, and that was going to point to the future of the Messiah in John chapter 8 verse 56. Uh, you have the promise of Israel to be their God, and and God fulfilling that promise in Leviticus 26 verses 12 through 13. The promise that if we search for him, he will find, uh, we will find him in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. And I love Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7. If you're struggling answering the question, is, is there anything too hard uh, for the Lord? I would tell you uh, to simply just go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7. Our God is near us whenever we pray to him. We also have the promise that God will protect his children in Psalm 121. God will, God's promise that his love will never fail in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 34. Then we have the promises that are there in the New Testament. We have the promise of salvation and the gospel of Jesus Christ whoever believes in his son in Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 what a there, there's no greater gift that's free uh, we have the promise that all things work out for the good of his children very important for his children right right just don't understand that uh, God's promised comfort uh, comfort for us in our trials in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 and four, we're also the the promise as we become a new creation in Christ. That's promised that there is a new life in Christ in Second Corinthians five seventeen. You have the promise we learned of a spiritual inheritance or our inheritance in heaven that's reserved for us in First Peter chapter one verse four. That's that's 
you know, cannot be corrupted. Uh, you have the promise of spiritual blessings in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. You also have the promise that when he starts a work in us, he will finish it in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He will complete it, not us. You have the promise of peace when we pray in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. His peace and His protection will guard our hearts. Then you have the promise that He'll supply our needs in Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But we also have the promise of His second coming, that Jesus Christ will return and that Jesus promised that we could have an abundant life in John 10.10. So is anything too hard for the Lord? Are you giving God your best? Are you preparing and serving others? Are you hospitable? Do you do it without complaint? Is anything too hard for the Lord? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Remember that. Remember, hang on to the prophecies, hang on to the promises, and know His attributes. It'll help strengthen your relationship. Be in God's Word daily. God bless. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 